0: Now What do you think you're doing? Hmm? You want to throw your garbage? Throw it in a goddamn trash basket. Do you have more important things to do? Yeah. But I'm not doing them right now. We understand each other. Okay, pal, why the Mahaska?
1: Why are you packing the gun? I'm a treasury officer. All right.
0: Just remember what we talked about now.
1: Wait a minute. What the hell kind of police you have in this goddamn city, How? Huh? What do they teach you? You just turned your back on an armed man.
0: You're a treasury officer.
1: Yeah, how do you know that? I just told you I was. Who would claim to be that
0: who was not,
1: hmm? What's your name and unit?
0: It's right here.
1: You got a beef. What is it? How did you know I had a gun?
0: What do you want? free lesson in police work? No. Are you okay, pal?
1: I had a rough day on the job. Ah. Are you going home now? I was about to.
0: Well, then, you just fulfilled the first rule of law enforcement. Make sure when your shift is over, you go home alive. Here ends the lesson.
2: Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. That is The Untouchables, from 1987, directed by the legendary Brian De Palma. This isn't Carrie. This isn't Scarface. This is The Untouchables. And I thought, The Untouchables, after watching Shit Happens When You Party Naked, and they were talking about how cliche Scarface truly is, and how I said The Untouchables is the better film. With Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, Charles Martin Smith, Andy Garcia, and Robert De Niro. This is a legendary film. Screenplay by David David Mamet and Brian De Palma. Now we all know about Brian De Palma. Legendary director. Films. The Untouchables. The Untouchables with a score by... Maestro himself, Mr. Ennio Morricone. Now The Untouchables has a history. It's a 1987 crime drama... Based off of the book of the same name from 1957, *The Untouchables* premiered on June 2nd, 1987, in New York. It was nominated for four Academy Awards, winning Sean Connery Best Supporting Actor. It takes place during Prohibition. The historical accuracy: while the film is based on historic events, most of the film is inaccurate or fictional. The raid of the Canadian border never happened. And neither did the courthouse or the railway station shootouts. Ness didn't kill Needy. Needy committed suicide in 1943, 12 years after the trial. And Ness's unit had very little to do with Capone's final tax evasion conviction. So this is a wonderful fantasy film. Great cast. I talk about these films because, well, they're classics. Not everyone would agree. Some people would prefer Scarface and that's fine. That's that's fine. But those who have seen The Untouchables, you know what I'm talking about. And Sean Connery's performance is legendary. Here he is. Welcome to Chicago. This town stinks
0: like a whole house of low tide. Now the first thing is who can you trust? Like nobody. The cops. Nobody. Because nobody wants you here. Nobody. Well, then why are you helping me? Because I swore to uphold the law. And if you believe that, I'll tell you another. Now, who can you trust? I
1: can trust nobody. That's the sort. Well, if I can trust nobody, where are we going to get help?
0: Well, if you're afraid of getting a rotten apple, don't go to the barrel. Get it off the tree out the tree. out the trigger guard. Check those cartridges. Later, on, around the leg. Bring back. About straight. Barry, I want you to meet Mr. Elliot
1: Nash. Yeah. Treasury Department, how are you? We need a recruit for extended duty. Now, this man is to be seconded to the Treasury Department. We have the full cooperation of Chicago. Barry, Bears. who is consistently the best shot of this class?
0: Williamson and Stone. Good. Call them out for me, will you? But uh, one
1: at a time. Right. Excuse me. Are either of the men married?
0: No. Good. Listen. You're married.
1: No one I don't want any married men.
0: All right. Stand easy, son. I want to ask you something. Yes. Why do you want to join the force? Hmm? To protect and... Yeah? And to protect and serve. To protect and... Please don't search for the yearbook answer, huh? Just tell me what you think. What? What I think? Yeah, I you could help with Uh, force. You can help with crime. Thank you. Here goes the next chief of police. How do you
3: want to join a force? Take the property and seize the real Oh, city. please don't
0: waste my time with that bullshit. Where are you from, Stone?
3: From the south side.
0: Stone. George Stone. What's your name? What's your real name?
3: That is my real name.
0: Nah. what was it before you changed it? Petri. Jesus. I knew it. That's all you need. One thieving waff and the team. What's that you said? I said that you're a lying member
3: of a no good race. It's much better than you, you stinking Irish pig.
0: Oh, I like him.
1: Yeah, I like him too.
0: You just joined the Treasury Department, son.
2: Yeah, okay.
0: Elliot Ness. With reports from stakeouts on the north and west side and surveillances of the
2: major road. Thank,
1: Thank
2: you. So that scene right there. Interesting, yes, because what does Sean Connery's character Malone do? He provokes him just to see what, uh, how good a shot he is but also how quick he can draw that gun in the exchange you got Andy Garcia I mean I don't know if that was his first film probably went on to do Godfather 3 Oscar nomination Untouchables is a legendary film and this is them assembling the team
1: What do you think? Well,
0: I think there's nothing like Bartle. That's what I think. Now, are you ready to go to work? Where are we going? On a liquor rig. Need another man.
2: this It's very
0: interesting. I found a financial disbursement pattern here which shows some irregular. you carry a badge? Yes. Carry a gun.
4: Gotcha. I'm working. Where? The
3: circus.
0: <laughs> huh, here we are. What are we doing here? Liquor raid. Mr. Ness, everybody knows where the booze is. The problem isn't finding it. The problem is who wants to cross the pond. Let's go. The corner.
1: You better be damn sure, Malone.
0: If you walk through this door now, you're walking into a well-trumped. No turning back, you understand?
1: Yes, I do. Good. Give me that action. Right
0: <laughs> officers. Get your hands in the air. Nobody move. This is a raid. Everybody in the. What are you the doing run? here? All this stuff is impounded you are all under arrest. Hey, this isn't right. Hey, this is no good. You got a warrant. Sure, here's my warrant. Oh. oh! How do you think he feels now? Better?
2: Or worse? That is the legendary who died last year. Sean Connery. In the Untouchables. And who do you have? playing Mr. Al Capone in this, well, you've got probably one of the greatest actors of his generation, Mr. Robert De Niro. And when you have Robert De Niro in a film, and this is a supporting role, and he dominates this supporting role as Al Capone in The Untouchables. I also want to notate the musical score done by Mr. Ennio Morricone.
0: We have, no Mr. we have no, Mr. Capone.
2: We have no, Mr. Capone. said, God! I said something you want here? My
1: friend was killed today.
2: I don't care. You don't care.
1: <laughs> hey, now he does. Come out here, Capone! You want to fight? You want to fight you and me right here? That's it. Come on. Somebody, you afraid to come out from behind your men? You afraid to stand up for yourself? You want to do it now? No. You want to yeah. go out yeah. now? Come on, you can't yeah. son of a bitch!
2: What? Easy.
0: You talk to me like that in front of my son? No. Fuck you and your family. It's me. It's me. Not this way. Not this way. You fuck. You got nothing. Not have a lot of talk a You're here because you got nothing. You got nothing in court. You don't got the bookkeeper. You got nothing. Nothing. And if you were a man, you would have done it now. You don't got a thing, you
2: punk. That's Robert De Niro doing what he does best. There's so many moments in The Untouchables that I can't show you. Because it would ruin the film for you if you haven't watched it. But those of you who know about this film. Who have experienced it. And yes, Sean Connery, like a great supporting actor, steals the show. There's so many moments. Yeah, you've got Kevin Costner, Andy Garcia. But Sean Connery steals the show. And Patricia Clarkson. As Elliot Ness's wife, Mrs. Ness. There's a lot going on in this film, but the moments between Connery and Costner are magic.
0: You said you wanted to know how to get to Capone. Do you really want to get him? You see what I'm saying? What are you prepared to do? everything within the law and then what are you prepared to do if you open the ball on these people mr. Nash you must be prepared to go all the way because they won't give up the fight until one of you is dead I want to get Capone I don't know how to get him want to get Capone here's how you get him he pulls a knife you pull a gun he sends one of yours to the hospital you send one of his to the morgue that's the Chicago way and that's how you get Capone how do you want to do that? Are you ready to do that?
1: I'm making you a deal. Do you want this deal? I have sworn to put this man away with any and all legal means at my disposal, and I will do so.
0: blood with his Mr.
2: Ness
1: yes good because you just took one
2: and see those moments between Costner and Connery are magical and I thought let's visit there was also a close relationship between Malone Sean Connery's character and Stone played by Andy Garcia
1: the
4: untouchables being in that one mm-hmm. now were you the story goes that you were being cast for a different character than the one that you played
3: approach man. to to play or to consider playing frank nitty was the killer in the acapone's yeah. hitman the as guy as who, gets in thron- who gets thrown off the yeah, roof of the yeah. building eventually and when i read spoiler this, alert right exactly but <laughs> the, the three people who haven't seen the film that's right exactly But I read the script, and I I was attracted to the part that I ended up playing, which was the young Italian kid in The Untouchables, you know? George Stone. George Stone. And obviously I wanted to work with Connery. That was one of my childhood heroes. So I I lobbied immediately to say, no, I, I had to kind of be firm and say, I don't want to play that part. I want to play the other part and kind of roll the dice. And eventually, I met with Brian, and then I auditioned for George Stone, and and they they gave me the part. And what was it like with Connery? (laughs) Pretty, you know, the dynamics that were in the movie kind of was the dynamics of, you know, we became all of us very close, but the dynamic kind of stayed the same. How so? In the sense that you know, he was the the older, wise guy, and he would always be jabbing at all of us. You and Costner and, 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 Mar- and Charlie Martin Smith, mm-hmm. and uh, it was my it was my job as my character to to kind of fight back, so, yeah, respectfully but keep the jabs going. So that was kind of the dynamics. I, I love I love Sean Connery. I'll tell you a quick story, please, because it's, I've told this before, but it's very funny. We were doing a scene where I'm answering a phone, and he was off camera because he was supposed to be on the phone. So I had to walk over there to answer the phone. He was dressed in his golf gear. Ready to go play golf, you know. <laughs> Sometimes he'd have his, he'd do his close-ups, you know. From here up, he was Malone, and from here down, he had golf shoes on. You know? <laughs> and uh, and so I went over there and I answered the phone once, and the palmer said, "No, no, let's cut. You know, we didn't see your face." I said, "But the phone's over there, and I'm over here. Why would I turn back?" Please, I want to see your face. So I do it again, and this went on a couple takes. And as I was coming back to do like the third take, Sean Connery says said to me says come on kid this is not hamlet <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I looked at him i said okay so, so then i went one more time and i finally got it kind of struggled to turn my face around it was totally a natural thing to do you know <laughs> and uh and the director again said cut and he said andy brian says we only saw one eye and sean says you saw two eyes; it's just a very close together. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and then he went to go play golf. Yeah, yeah. Because so, he had a tee time. Enough of that. Enough <laughs> of that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, he's played in one of one of the most iconic, old school golf scenes in film history with Goldfinger. He yeah. Played, you know, a very important golf round with Goldfinger.
3: He was, uh, he was a joy. I, lo- I, lo- I truly love. That Did
4: man. you play golf with him? Because I know you're golf. golf with him.
3: Never. No, never got a chance to play. Huh?
4: How often was De Niro around that set?
3: He came in and did his thing and, and left, so he was there maybe like a week, I think, if I remember correctly. He kind of, his work was done all yeah, together, yeah. Right, the baseball bat scene, The baseball, the, the, the courthouse, a couple scenes coming out of the courthouse. forget what, nothing whatever but it, it was, it was like a concentrated, he came in, did his thing and left. Nothing but a lot of talk and a badge. <laughs> yeah, I love that. that well, you line. know, the it's beauty incredible. of that script, which if you look at it structurally, it's a throwback to The Magnificent Seven and The Seven Samurai. Mm-hmm. It's a genre that's been used, a formula, which is one guy recruits a bunch of guys to go out and, and you know, right the wrong kind sure. of thing. The Dirty Dozen. And, and, and But they're all really patterned after, I think, The Seven Samurai. Uh, and uh, the David Mamet script, which was a beautifully constructed narrative and storytelling was really had no holes, that script. you know, And that's what made, I think, that movie, aside from Brian's, you know, in the design of the film, visually, the script was so solid in its in its narrative.
4: Right, the Odessa Steps type moment yeah. with
3: the baby carriage
4: in the that was all Brian. Because originally, station. I think it
3: was going to be on a train somewhere, and and they they had problems with that. And then Brian said, "Well, I want to do an homage to the Odessa Steps," and we went into the to that court. I mean, to the uh, Chicago train station. Sure. And uh, and did that whole thing, and it kind of started evolving. You know, as it got, it got to the point where the carriage was finally... With, and, and I remember Brian called me in and said, uh, and the stunt guy goes, What would you do? You, I want, we want you to come in here and try to save the carriage at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And But toss one of the guns to Kevin, one of your guns, <laughs> because he's out of guns and bullets. What would you do? And I used to play baseball as a kid, you know, so... I kind of looked at it and there was a marble floor. And I said, I did my mind. I said, oh, it's a little hook slide into second base <laughs> under the carriage. I, it was not a big deal, you know. <laughs> i had done it a million times. So I said, oh, I'll do a hook slide. And, you know, they kind of went, oh, let's see it. So I went and kind of, I did it and caught the carriage. The stuntman had the carriage like two steps.
2: Mm-hmm. It
3: kind of did it. And Brian looked at it, and he said, oh, let's do that. And that's what's in the movie. Incredible. The Rich
4: Eisen
2: Show. So that's Andy Garcia talking about a very legendary scene. Here's Brian De Palma, our director.
1: Figuring out how we're gonna shoot all this stuff. Meanwhile, I'm thinking we've got this movie, except we've, to me, it's like a, some kind of sophisticated English playhouse theater. We need an American gangster actor.
3: What draws my admiration?
0: What is is that which gives me joy? It.
1: Baseball! Bobby takes a long time to decide to do things. You go out to dinner with him, you talk about the script. And it took many, many weeks until he finally said, yeah, I think that I can make this work. Except the last thing Bobby said to me was, it's going to be expensive. And it was extremely expensive. Well, it's a little different with the movie stars that you've kind of discovered. The thing about Bobby I've known him I, what, since the mid-60s. On The Untouchables, Bobby was not learning his lines. And I just went with him to when he was putting his makeup on, and I would rehearse these lines over and over again with him until he knew them. Plus, he had to put on some weight to play Al Capone, and he had his hair shaved back. He wore the kind of silk underwear that Al Capone wore. You never saw it, but he had it on.
2: And so that's the director of The Untouchables, Mr. Brian De Palma, talking about Robert De Niro, legendary Robert De Niro. So Andy Garcia talked about there is a scene in the film, very high intense scene. That I I believe I can talk about. I don't think it's going to ruin it for you. We can. I'm looking for it. Ah! As the duo awaits the arrival of the bookkeeper at Union Station, they see a young mother with two suitcases and a child in a carriage uh, climbing the lobby steps. Ness ultimately decides to assist her, but the gangster's guardian appear as Ness and the woman reach the top of the stairs and a bloody shootout takes place. Though outnumbered Ness and Stone manage to capture Payne alive and kill all of his escorts without harm to the mother or the child So you gotta see this scene in the film which means you've gotta watch the film. It is an intense scene. Brian De Palma constructed it brilliantly Now Brian De Palma was known for films with a lot of blood Think about it, Carrie, Scarface, even The Untouchables has a lot of blood, and that's what I mean. Think think of the films of Brian: Dress to Kill, Scarface, The Untouchables, Mission Impossible, <gasps> Blowout, Body Double, Casualties of War, Carlito's Way, Femme Fatale. Brian De Palma is often cited as a leading member of the new Hollywood generation of film directors. His directing style often makes use of quotations from other films or cinematic styles and bears the influence of filmmakers such as Alfred Hitchcock and Jean-Luc Godard. His films have been criticized for their violence and sexual content, but have also been championed by prominent American critics such as Roger Ebert and Pauline Kael. Yeah. And so we add the Untouchables to that list. Now something happened when it came to the Untouchables. And someone went home with a very big prize on Oscar night. And his speech, I will play for you because it is legendary. Here we go. Sean
1: Connery in the
0: Ladies and gentlemen, friends, a few enemies. Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's anyone aware or unaware, rather, in Hollywood or the rest of the world tonight that this is the 60th anniversary of these Academy Awards. And I just realized myself the other day that it, my first one and only attendance was 30 years ago. Uh, patience truly is a virtue um but it uh in winning this award it creates a certain dilemma because i had decided if i'd had the good fortune to win that i would give it to my wife who deserves it but this evening i discovered backstage that they're worth fifteen thousand dollars and Now I'm not so sure so I'm so only kidding it's yours but if uh, such a thing as a wish accompanied this award mine would be that we ended the writer's strike and I thank you all sincerely
2: and that was Sean Connery winning his only Oscar in 1987 for best supporting actor and then Went on to do probably my favorite Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. And Sean Connery died last year at the age of 90. Was it 90 or 91? I think he was ninety. He'd been in poor health. But we all remember him as Malone in the Intouchables. The dialogue. The first that first scene with Kevin Costner's character. He got a beef. He's always going there. And he's Scottish and he's playing Irish. That's always a thing. Andy Garcia, Cuban American, and he's playing Italian. So, yeah. It's an interesting film, isn't it? So, thank you, Brian De Palma. Thank you to the cast and crew of The Untouchables for making it a legendary film. I've seen it so many times. I don't I can't even say that I've watched Scarface. Maybe one day I will. Maybe I'll have a different opinion on it, but from what I've seen, a lot of clichés. The Untouchables. Ooh, there's so much in there and more. And so this is your Sunday night episode basically. As always, unpleasant dreams.